Yo, what's going on guys? Andrew with Pride. So today's episode is about phases you should skip in the gym. We're covering four, four and a half really simple subjects that I think you just shouldn't do. And that is not taking creatine, meaning you should take it, getting or only doing stabilizer training or at least overly focusing on them, getting too strictly into a specific exercise camp, meaning you're only a powerlifter or only CrossFit or whatever it may be. Uh, and four, convincing yourself that you are either a hard gainer or that you have a slow metabolism. And also the reason why I personally started tracking calories again recently. So that being said, guys, let's get into it. What's going on, guys? Andrew with Pride. Today, we're going to be talking about <laughs> phases I think you should skip in the gym. So the, the, I'm kind of late to this, honestly. This was like a joke that was going around like TikTok and Instagram for a minute. Uh, but the thing is, there's actually a lot of validity to these because plain and simple, we've all done a lot of stupid shit in the gym that we wish we didn't do. Uh, so that being said, let's just get straight to it. Number one is not using creatine. There is so much like science about, about creatine monohydrate. And is, to clarify, I do not extend to this to like crealkaline or, um, like I think it's like creatine, like hydrolyzed creatine or something like that. I'm talking just purely creatine monohydrate. There's so much information about this supplement. There's virtually no reason to not be using it. I mean, creatine is so effective as far as building muscle and muscle recovery and, strength output that, I mean, when I was younger, you know, when I started lifting, like people thought that creatine was like akin to that of steroids. And even more so in the early two thousands and like the late nineties, when it was first really popping off, like people were like, holy shit, like you, you would hide your creatine under your freaking bed. Like there's jokes about that where people are like, I really had to hide my creatine from my mom. Creatine is super, super effective. There's almost no reason not to use it. That is not medical advice. Like talk to a doctor if you feel like you need to, but I, I've never in 10 years, I've never had a client or a friend or a family member or anything who couldn't take creatine monohydrate. This next one is getting way too caught up in stabilizers. I'm talking to the past version of myself with this one. I, because of a few different things, I remember reading some paper uh, that probably misre misrepresented this a little bit, or at least uh, kind of brought it to be something greater than it is, which was that when you recruit more muscle fibers at once, you increase your body's growth hormone output. So I, I have never found that paper in my adult life. I don't know if that was something that I just imagined, something that I completely misunderstood, which is entirely possible, um, or just something that was like, who knows? But basically, what I remember it saying was like, oh, the benefit of, you know, standing on. And it's also just to clarify, this may have been me uh, reading one thing and taking it to mean something so, so far beyond what it was. But it was talking about like, oh, when you do bicep curls while standing on a BOSU ball, it makes your body produce more growth hormone because more muscles get recruited. Now, I know that that's a bit more true when it comes to compound movements like squatting, benching, deadlifting, overhead pressing. Um, 
I don't think there is anything to actually validate that, at least not to a significant degree when it comes to standing on a BOSU ball. But this was a thing that you used to see. It was, it was really big in, um, it was really big in like the 2000s, you know, early 2000s and then a little bit still, um, toward the tail end of the 2000s. But like, this was something I was doing in like 2013 or something like that is, you know, I was having a client do lunges with one foot on a BOSU ball. I was having them do curls on a BOSU ball. I was having them, you know, sit on a Swiss ball doing shoulder presses. And don't get me wrong. There is some value to doing things on Swiss balls and BOSU balls when it comes to different kind of reflex profiles as they relate to, um, athletic endeavors. So there's riding reflexes and tilting reflexes, uh, you know, how your body responds to that, um, to those kind of forces, but you know, <laughs> should you be sitting on a, um, Swiss ball or excuse me, have your back on a Swiss ball while you're doing chest presses? Not necessarily. I mean, there's full on, there are full on benches nowadays where the bench that you lay on is basically just a BOSU ball and people bench press on that. And I remember that thing specifically, they actually showed that your, your total, um, force output decreases significantly. So it's, yeah, sure. You might get better at stabilizing on stuff, but you're going to produce less force. You're going to have to use a lot more stabilizers, go a lot slower, which aren't all necessarily bad things. But again, it is just an outcome dependent thing. Is your goal to get really good at stabilizing and balancing on different things? No, then you probably don't need to do it. There's no harm in tossing it at every once in a while. There are some exercises that I like having people do on them, but it's just, it is not the end all be all that I thought that it was, uh, at the time. And I hate to diminish it down to something this simplistic, but if you look at some of the biggest bodybuilders or some of the strongest powerlifters and ask them how often they're using BOSU balls and Swiss balls, I'll bet you 99% of them say never. So kind of a very reductionistic way to say you probably don't need them unless there's a sports specific outcome that you're looking for. Uh, did you have a question on that one? Oh, just, okay. Thought you were raising your hand. Um, uh, getting, getting too dedicated to a single camp of lifting or, um, as they call it in like the acting world, pigeonholing yourself. So if, if you were to ask someone how I personally lift, you would have some people who say, uh, I train like a bodybuilder. You'd have some people who say I train like a powerlifter. You'd have some people, um, you know, who say I train like a fucking hippie. And the thing is they, they'd all be pretty accurate. I I'm pretty well-rounded with like the way that I personally like to weight train. Um, only because there was a period where I was exclusively powerlifting and I got really strong, but then I didn't necessarily have a ton of muscle mass and then exclusively bodybuilding had a fair bit of muscle mass, but I was really weak. And then there was the period where I was doing a lot of stabilizers, what I was just talking about, a lot of stabilizers. Um, you know, a lot of, uh, like intentional, like imbalance training. Um, I basically just became so hyper-focused on a single style of training that I ended up losing a lot of the benefits of other training styles. And when you do these things, when you begin to identify as I'm a powerlifter, I'm a crossfitter, I'm a this, I'm a that, you, you basically, you almost create this identity for yourself where it's, I, I do not train any other ways. 
And I mean, there will even be people, and this happened to me. I actually had um, a friend, Jose, where he saw me using a machine for the first time in years. No, no joke. First time in years. And he goes, oh shit, you want to be a bodybuilder now? And I was just like, uh, and I, I hated that because it like hit my ego. Where I was like, fuck, I'm doing something that I don't normally do. You know, I spoke out against machines for a long time, even though they have a lot of benefit when it comes to building muscle. But I like, it like affected me where I almost wanted to be like, ah, shit. And like never do it again. And then I was finally like, you know, the next day I was like, man, I'm feeling kind of sore. And, uh, you know, like my arms like had a pretty solid pump. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, let's toss some more machines in. And, and that was kind of that, you know, that was my little eye opening moment. So. I guess the, the phase that I'm saying to avoid here is don't get stuck in a single exercise modality, like explore, try out different things, find, um, you know, friends and trainers that do things that you don't necessarily do. And like, ask them if you can do a session with them or just work out with them one day, but ask if you can pay them for their time first, please. Um, but yeah, so that's my take on that. Good there, Glenn. All right. All right. And this final one. So I, I'm kind of going to turn this into a, a two-part question because I, um, it was originally just like a, oh, you should skip this phase. But then I actually got a user question that was very relevant to it. So the phase that you should skip is the, um, I'm a hard gainer or the inverse of that people who are like, um, oh, I have a slow metabolism. We... <sighs> To, to an extent, we kind of work like a machine. If you put fuel in us, we run more effectively, right? Calories in, calories out is right 99% of the time. There are very rare hormonal issues that you person listening probably have nothing to do with. But even then, all that does is slow your metabolism down. That does not change the validity of calories in, calories out. Let's say, for example, that you burn you know, you burn 2000 calories a day naturally, but you have some crazy hormonal thyroid issue where you only burn 1800 calories a day. Well, guess what? That's just a lower number than what you had thought. If you eat less, you will still lose weight. Or if you eat more, you will still gain weight. These things are still true. Calories in, calories out works. It just isn't necessarily the most sustainable thing. But if you're one of those people who says you cannot lose weight, I would highly, highly encourage you to track every fucking calorie that you eat, cut it by two to 300, um, and go for a walk after your workouts and tell me if you don't lose weight after, you know, six to eight weeks, you will probably see the scale start to go down if you are being honest with yourself and vice versa. Oh, I'm a hard gainer. Guys, you have no idea how many fucking times I told myself that lie. You have no idea how many times I was like, oh, I can't build muscle because I'm a hard gainer. I have weighed as high as 216 before. Um, I was dirty bulking with a friend. We were eating Taco Bell and Jack in the Box pretty much every single day. I got fucking fat. Straight up, I got fat. Was not getting enough protein. Did not understand the relevance of that. Um, or not didn't understand it, but I suppose didn't understand the real degree of the importance of making sure you're getting enough calories or enough protein. I was just going for calories basically. Um, but I weighed 216. That is 36 and eh, 30 to 36 pounds heavier than I am right now. And I was fully convinced that I was a hard gainer, but it's like, no, clearly that's not true. I was able to gain that weight. Maybe it wasn't all muscle, but I did gain weight, right? 
it wasn't until I actually started diligently tracking, and I've done this on and off where I have tracked all my calories um, that I was actually taking in and noticed, okay, I am getting stronger every week. Okay, I am building muscle every week. Okay, I am this, this, and that. But it literally took me, I mean, I, I thought that I was eating 7,000 calories a day. I actually thought that I was eating 7,000 calories a day um, when I was in my early 20s. And then when I finally tracked it, it was like 3,300 calories. There's no way that I could eat that many calories on a consistent basis and not not gain weight like crazy. I mean, I would have gained an absurd amount of fat. But if you think you're a hard gainer, actually track. And let's say, again, we'll go with the 2,000 calories. It's just a random number that I'm picking. Let's say you don't gain weight with 2,000. Do 2,300. Still not gaining, do 26. Still not gaining, do 3,000. Keep increasing that calorie intake until you actually find, oh, I'm gaining weight. And you will probably notice like, damn, this is hard. Because when you're intentionally trying to gain or lose, your body to an extent works against you. You know, it doesn't necessarily want to lose weight. It doesn't necessarily want to gain weight. We like having some level of homo- some level of homeostasis to... Uh, just how we actually are in our day to day. So our body tries to not make us super hungry. Our body tries to not make us, um, you know, super full. It likes that mid level. So again, to wrap that up, if you aren't gaining weight, just try eating more. You are not a hard gainer. If you cannot lose weight, <laughs> some people are going to get offended by this. Try eating less. You will lose weight at some point. I mean, if you, this is not medical advice. Do not do this. But if you are overweight, and you want to lose weight and you starved yourself for a week, you're going to lose some fucking weight. I promise you. But anyway, and anybody who disagrees with that, I'm more than happy to have that conversation. Come on, come on down. Like let's hop on the podcast. But yeah, that, uh, that is that I believe. No, the thing that I was going to say is why do I track right now? Because I have said that, and you guys, if you ever hear me say something on a podcast that you're like, oh, I disagree with this, message me. I'm happy to actually expand on it more because sometimes I will change my mind. Sometimes more information will come out that disproves something I've said in the past. And I'm more than happy to, like, I have no dog in the race of I need to be right on something I said a year ago. I don't care. I would rather walk something back and tell, you know, what is the, what is the present, um, you know, consensus about that stuff. So why am I tracking now? Because I have a very specific goal to weigh 200 pounds again over the next uh, two years. And I'm not going to be able to do that intuitively eating because I naturally undereat. Hence me being a quote hard gainer, hard gainer, at least that's what I thought. But I have to eat a lot more calories and I am going to undereat if I do not track them. So does everybody need to track? No. But if you're not getting the results that you want, do you need to track? Yeah. So that's that guys. So until next time, my name's Andrew with pride and see you later.